Welcome to Gym Wag, a podcast series hosted by me, Lisa Eaton. Over at G&T, I'll be interviewing some of the region's most respected business leaders, CEOs and CMOs to hear all about their journey and their experiences. So take a seat, pour a drink and join us for an inspiring half hour of like-minded chat. Welcome to Ginwag. Today I'm talking with the lovely Dan Appleby, Managing Director of Drummond Central, one of the largest advertising agencies in the Northeast. After falling into the industry, having realised that life as an English teacher just wasn't for him, Dan now has over 20 years experience in creative marketing agencies, both in client services and in leadership roles. Dan started his career in London before returning to his native Northeast. He spent seven years at different agencies in Newcastle before joining Drummond Central, a place he now describes as his home. He now leads the 50-strong Drummond Central team, working with ambitious brands including Bet365, Greg's, Postcode Lottery and the NHS, amongst others. Dan clearly loves what he does and believes passionately that creativity is one of the most powerful forces in business. In his time, his work has won awards at Marketing Week Masters, The Drum, Campaign Big, and many others. Dan is currently an elected member of the IPA Council. He previously held the role of IPA Northeast City Head for three years, and most recently has been honoured with a lifetime fellowship for his contribution to the IPA and the industry. Husband to Emma and dad to Joseph and Harrison, he spends his free time living vicariously through them. Here's Dan's story, from teacher to managing director and everything in between. Enjoy. So Dan, a huge welcome to Ginwag. Thank you very much for being a guest. I know it has been a, um, it's been difficult trying to get our diaries to sync up, but thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. So, um, obviously, I've just introduced you, Dan, but just in your own words, will you tell us a little bit about your journey so far from, I guess, maybe leaving school to becoming Managing Director of Drummond Central, where you are now? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, 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 did, I did fall into this career. Uh, I, I trained to be an English teacher. Both my parents were PE teachers, actually. So that was my, that was my career path. And until I did my PGCE and very quickly realized that teaching wasn't for me and that um, uh, I, I didn't really cope well with the bureaucracy of the curriculum and the fact that you weren't able to explore uh, things that you were interested in or the kids that were, were actually responding to. It was very regimented. So, so quite quickly, teaching, it, it became evident it wasn't for me. And I had a bit of a, a bit of a crisis of confidence, really, because I'd, I'd only ever wanted to be a teacher or planned for that. So I did a, an English degree and then, and then, as I say, a PGCE. And I was left really wondering what to do. And um, because I'd done a postgrad, a couple of people that I'd gone to university with were, were already down in London. They were in, they were in jobs. And they, they said, well, why don't, why don't you just come and spend a couple of weeks with us and try and figure things out and have some fun? And, and in, the second, in the second week that I was down there, um, my, my best friend, Mike, who was, he was working um, in, a, in a marketing agency, he said, there's some temp work going, there's some admin stuff going on. And do you want, do you want to come in and do a week's worth of work? It was data entry, it was dull, it was loads of admin stuff. 
But the way that he positioned it was you can earn a bit of money and then you can stay down for a little bit longer. So I did that and and really just fell in love with it, right? I mean, it was, I, I had I had no knowledge of what marketing or advertising was. Um, and I just, re- I felt it was so infectious. The vibe, the people, the, the energy of, 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 that, of that agency, it, it blew me away. And I thought, you know what, I, I really enjoy this. Um, so I stayed and I, I kind of, I did some temp work at that agency for a period of time, then got a more permanent position there. And I stayed in London for about seven, eight years, um, moving between different agencies. So the, the agency I started at was a, a place called Gyro. At the time, it was a, a relatively small B2B direct and digital marketing shop um, in uh, in Chelsea Harbour, which was very glamorous. Um, and then I and then I moved into uh, I went to work at WPP, uh, a wonderful agency called Harrison Troughton Wonderman. And really, I think that's where I kind of cut my teeth. It's where it's where I, 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 I really started to appreciate the impact that the work can have on a client's business. It's where I started to uh, get exposed to and really understand um, the creative process and the power of creativity. The, the creative director, a lovely guy called Steve Harrison, he was really hands-on with the account handling team, um, took a real interest even though he was the creative director. And, and had sort of three, oh, about four years, really happy years there doing some great work with, you know, clients like Learn Direct, which don't, don't exist now, but that was a, a literacy and numeracy government scheme at the time. Um, and Scottish and Newcastle, who had brands like Foster's and San Miguel and Cronenberg. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really good time. But we, Steve had essentially sold the agency to WPP and it was, kind of his, he was going through an exit, he was going through an earnout, And over, the, over those years, his influence started to diminish and, um, and, his, and his involvement, frankly, because he was starting to step away. And it, it just became, a, it started to become a very different agency. It, it was less of an independent creative hub and it started to become much more of a WPP, have you hit the golden figure of 17.5% net profit, um, it, it, it was just a it was just a very different proposition by the time that I left. So then I moved to um, a, a, another independent agency, a, a direct and digital agency called Partners Andrews Aldridge, who at the time were again similar to HDW as was, you know, very very famous for the creative work that that, that we produced. And about three months after I joined, they sold to uh, to Engine, which was a, a relatively new group. But um, and and that kind of kept the that kept the independent vibe because I was only there for about a year and a half, um, and really that sort of took me to late twenties and um, and then home just at home just started to call and you know I had a great time in London um, learned a hell of a lot um, I'd met my then girlfriend and now wife so Emma Emma's from uh, sort of East London and Essex. Um, but we were we weren't really seeing each other. Emma Emma was in advertising as well, so Emma Emma worked at McCann and then Gray, and and we were just we were like ships passing in the night through the week, and then at a weekend we would be leaving London. We'd be going and going off and doing other things. Um, and my my dad my dad got quite poorly actually, and um, and it just yeah it just changed things a little bit. So I, I kind of decided 
it was actually Emma that said, um, uh, you're, you're not yourself anymore. Um, how would you feel about not living in London? And that was like a huge weight just fell off my shoulders, which I hadn't even realized was there. Um, so we, we, we came to the Northeast. I mean, I'd never lived in Newcastle. I, I grew up um, just outside Middlesbrough, but my dad's family were all, all from here. Um, so it felt like a, a, a nice kind of safe place to come, somewhere that I wanted to be so I could be around family. Um, and we, we both had a bunch of interviews pretty quickly because I guess, um, you know, having seven, eight years experience in London agencies was quite an attractive proposition for, for, for agencies up here. Uh, we both got jobs up here and um, yeah, I mean, I think we had, we had very different experiences. So Emma worked for a, a huge agency at the time, Robson Brown, which you'll, you'll be familiar with. Um, when, when she joined there, about 150 people. Um, I, I started a, a, a different agency and it was, it was just very different from what we'd been used to, to be honest, not, not necessarily in terms of the caliber of people that we were working with, but, but maybe the, the way that the agencies were run, um, and the, the way that clients interacted with the agency, it, it was less about the quality of the work. It was more about just producing work and being able to, um, to bill for it. I guess, and you know that was that was the main driver. Um, can you every month drive a certain amount of revenue for the agency? And there wasn't a huge amount of focus on what what that was doing. It was more, it was just a case of can you can you build something? Um, so so we we had a bit of a shock. It was a bit of a shock to our system, and there was no there was no planning and strategy department. We were used to we were used to working with planning and strategy departments in in our agencies and. Very quickly, that was that was kind of part of our job. Which I mean, I'm lucky. I I think I am quite strategically minded, but but I'm not a trained, skilled strategist. Um, so we kind of I spent a bit of time bouncing around a number of agencies. In truth, um, trying to trying to find my feet, trying to do the best work that I could. And I met um, I met Steve Drummond uh, in a pub through a. Through a colleague who, who is a really good friend, and and we just hit it off. Steve and I just—he'll um, probably say different now, but we we got on. Um, we're, we're both kind of into the same stuff, and when we were talking about work, we were we were talking in the same language. And and when I met Julie, Julie Drummond, Steve's wife, um, so he, Julie, uh, Steve said, "Come in and have a chat with Julie, and we'll see if there's anything that we can do." Um, again, Julie and I really got on, but at the time, there just wasn't a role at, at my level because um, Newcastle's a it's a smaller market than than I was used to, and there aren't that many roles at, at account director level, which I was at the time. So, so that didn't happen. I, I, I went on to be client services director of another uh, smallish creative agency in Newcastle. Um, did some pretty good work that I was quite proud of there. Helped to build. Um, the profitability of that agency. Um, then, um, then that that was that wasn't a great environment for me to be in. If I'm being candid, without naming names, um, it, it wasn't very enjoyable, um, and and I knew that I didn't want to be there for for the rest of my career. Um, so I took a I took an MD position at a really small design and digital agency, working with two two of the founders. Um, and I was only there for about eight months when Drummond Central came calling and said, um, 
So we know that you've just taken this job as an MD, but um, we're, we're restructuring a bit. And do you fancy um, leading the client service team, which, which is obviously my background? Um, and I had a couple of conversations with Emma and um, did a bit of soul searching and just felt really passionately about wanting to get back to producing the kind of work that I really enjoyed producing. And so it was a bit, well, I mean, lots of people said at the time, why are you taking a step backwards? And, and I didn't feel it was that. I thought I was joining a, um, a bigger agency, which we were at the time and still are now. Um, and I was going to have the opportunity to work with um, some really interesting clients and some really talented people. And then after about two years of doing head of client service, um, the, 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 my predecessor, Beth, managing director, who, who's, who's fantastic, and I worked really closely with Beth, um, she decided to leave and she set up her own thing now, which is great. Um, and Julie and Steve kind of said to me, um, do you want to, do you want to throw your hat in the ring? And my, my first instinct was to say no, because I, I really loved my job as head of client service. I loved being a part of the work and I loved, um, I loved being a part of the client service team and kind of having that, that leadership coaching, mentoring role, I guess, in that, in that area. Um, so I was, I was, I was reticent, um, went through a bit of a recruitment process with the people and, and it just wasn't working out. And, uh, and and then Julie asked me to reconsider. So I and, and then they made me interview for it. I did want, I I did reconsider. I said, yeah, sure, okay. I I, I think I think I, I want to do it now. Um, they put me through probably the most rigorous interview process I've ever had, which was really which was really tough actually, because you know interviewing with your peers and colleagues was. Um, but I but I guess it it proved to me and to them that that I was right for the role. Um, and yeah, that was that was nearly three years ago now. So I've I now found myself as managing director of Drummond Central, which is a forty-eight person strong agency. Wow, what a story, Dan! I didn't know not even a tiny snippet of that. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. I think it's you know it's so interesting to hear how people end up where they do, and that actually it's not always planned from day dot and sometimes it's a bit of trying what you like and finding what you don't like and you know moving around a little bit experiencing different things and funnily enough i always ask somebody to explain what it's like to be an agency and i think that explanation that one word that you said has been the best answer of infectious because i think that agencies when you get it right that is just what it is isn't it it's really it gets into your bones it's so yeah, infectious I, I can't imagine i can't imagine doing anything anything else now whether not not just in marketing i can't imagine not being in a creative agency yeah yeah Thank you for sharing that with us. So um, I'm going to take you back a little bit now and, and um, kind of where it all started. I mean, growing up, um, you know, we are all so influenced by brands. And as kids, we probably don't even realize it. I don't know. My my kind of kids now are so aware of brands and what a brand is. I can't ever remember being like that as a kid. But, you know, what was the first brand that ever made an impact on you growing up? And has it stuck with you? Yeah, well, I, I think it, it goes back to a conversation we were having just before we started recording. I was um, I was into basketball quite quite heavily as a kid. Um, I, I played quite competitively and, and to a relatively high standard. So um, so so Nike really was the 
was the first brand that that kind of captured my um, attention and imagination in many ways. I, I I was a huge so this is early nineties through to mid nineties and then late nineties. So Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls were everything, and and Jordan was obviously um, he he was just he was he was Nike. Nike was Jordan, and as a kid, um, you know I couldn't even consider having another a different brand of boots. It had to be a pair of Nikes, and I, I always remember the advertising that you would see. So even though that was in the States, because I was in that kind of world, you, you'd see the latest Nike ad that maybe Spike Lee had directed. Or, and there was an amazing, there's an amazing, quite iconic poster that, um, that, that they did, which was, which was Jordan with his arms outstretched like a wingspan. Um, and I think, the, I think the title of it is Wings. And it, it just, the simplicity of it is stunning. But um, I, I, I just remember Nike being a huge part of my life growing up. And it was probably wrapped up with, you know, fandom of Jordan. But um, that, that was one. And, and I guess the only, I mean, remember, I, I had no, I, like you said, I had no, um, it wasn't a conscious thing. I wasn't looking for brands or advertising or marketing. I didn't even know what that meant. But the only the other one that I thought of was um, was MTV. Um, I mean, if you remember the I don't know if you remember the MTV idents that they used to have. They, there were loads of different versions of the identity, lots of movement, lots of animation. They had rock versions, they had rap, they had pop, and I just thought it was it was so captivating. Um, and this is you know this is way before Channel Four or E Four or, or or even BBC Two were doing it. It just I, st- I still remember it now. I mean, in prep for this, I was I was just trying to remind myself of it. And there's a wonderful film where you can watch essentially an hour of all these different MTV idents, and it's it's stunning. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Nike and, and the Jordan brand particularly. I mean, you know, I've got a house of basketball boys, and they're obsessed with that brand. If you were to ask them any brand, that would be the one. Um, but you know, it's just stayed so strong and forefront of sports. You know, of, of sport as a whole, for well, probably our entire lifetime, hasn't it, and beyond? Um, yeah, I mean, how 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 many other athletes, uh, decades after their retirement, have an iconic brand that? That people still have to have the Jumpman icon is is still there, you know. Nike, Nike Jordans, they're still a thing, even though he retired in '98. Uh, so yeah. yeah, interesting. Um, so you've talked a little bit about how you've worked for a variety of agencies over your career, and you know, some were big, some were small, some were London-based. Obviously, you're back now in the the Northeast. What's um, what have you learned over that time, Dan, in terms of um, something that you might have taken with you right throughout your career? Anything kind of compelling? Oh, there's a challenge. Um, I I think that because I because I fell into it and I didn't have the academic grounding, so I didn't do marketing or advertising as a as a degree. I was really conscious of that, so I I want I almost tried to overcompensate for that. So I've always been a, a a huge reader i read voraciously um and i think that helped me in those early um in 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 those early years of my career to really understand the industry and and the and the practitioner element of it you know how to do it um so i i i think that if you read whether that's books whether that's blogs and and you know now as in in the in the age that we're in now listening to podcasts Reading and being interested in and by the industry, I think, is 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 a way of um, remaining current. And I think to have a 
think to have a, a, a really good career in, in this role and in this industry, it's, it's really about, about two things. It, it's, about, it's about loving the work, having an appreciation of the work and what goes into creating really effective work. And then also understanding the role that the, the, the talent, the people actually have in creating that. And if you understand where effective work comes from and what the ingredients are that, uh, that you need to be able to get there in the most efficient way, then that's always a good platform to produce work from. So I, I, I've never, and, and I think this was, this was back to when I, when I started at HTW. In the past, it had been about producing stuff, you know, just producing creative assets. But in, in my view, if you're, if you're just doing this because you can create communication assets, then, then that's not really going to lead to brilliant work. And, and now, you know, client, clients can do that stuff in-house, right? Everyone, everyone can use a, a design, some design software and, and some motion graphics software. Hell, kids can do that on their phones these days. I mean, if you look at some of the amazing content that is being created on platforms like TikTok, so it, it can't just be about the ability to create stuff. We have to be able to add more value to a client's business than that. And I think that really comes from having an understanding of, of strategy and, and really thinking about how you can help a client's business to grow. Um, that should really be the starting point. And so I think, I, I think reading and being interested in a client's business is always really important. One of, our, one of my finance directors, uh, HCW said uh, this was in a training session. He said every, everyone that works on the account should read the annual report. You should know your client's business. You should know how they're performing. You should know the factors that are affecting that performance. You should understand the world that they're operating in. And if you can do that, then you can you can add value. You can actually bring something to the process rather than rather than just creating some stuff. So that that's something I've always carried with me and. And I guess the only the other the other thing um, would be would be to try to look for where the opportunities are in every brief. Um, so not every brief when you when it lands on your desk is imme- immediately exciting or compelling. You know, there are briefs out there which, on the surface, can or at first glance, can look a bit dry or dull. But there is always an opportunity in a brief to, to do something really interesting. And, and I think that can come by challenging the brief, you know, question it when it, when it lands. Um, don't, don't feel like you just have to take it as read. And, and I th- if I think back to some of the most effective work that I've been a part of, it's, it's actually come from a place where we've, we've challenged the original brief. Um, we've, we've questioned even once you've got that brief, right, well, how can we stretch that? Um, how can we push it? How can you, how can we take the output from a six out of 10, which frankly shouldn't be good enough for any agency? How can you take it from a six out of 10 to a nine out of 10? And what would that look like? Um, and, then, and then it comes down to the people and the talent that's working on it, right? I mean, one of the things that I think um, I, I, I'm good at and, and is absolutely a part of my role now is to create situations, relationships, and, and environments even that, that get the best out of everyone that's involved in that process. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. And we'll come on to that in a second actually about mentoring because 
as an MD's role, you know, the, you're a huge mentor, you're a huge coach, you're a huge, you know, um, inspiration to the people that you're kind of bringing on this journey with you. Um, but just to touch on one thing before we move on, um, I guess in agency talking about briefs there, we're often tasked with the challenge of changing perceptions of a brand, um, you know, and, and that can often be part of the brief, be it a really exciting piece of work, or as you mentioned, sometimes not so exciting, but, you know, changing perceptions. I guess, how do you go about that challenge? And I guess what's been your most successful project there in terms of changing perceptions? That's a really tough one. I, I, I mean, you're always trying to persuade or influence in this in this industry. That that that's that's the exciting part. That's that's what what we should be trying to do. But those challenges and the objectives are always different. And I do think that's where the interest comes from. That's where the variety comes from. It's 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 maybe what leads to that that infectious sense of why we love working in such a chaotic, uh, chaotic environment. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud and, and lucky to have worked on some incredible projects in my time, but, um, but hand on heart, and I'm not just saying this because I'm the MD of Drummond Central, I do think that some of the most effective work that I've produced has been, has been in my time at DC. Um, and, and the one that sticks out if, if I had to, if I had to just say one, it would be um, a very recent one. Actually, it's the COVID campaign that we've been working on over the last year with seven of the local authorities in the northeast. And it was the, the the reason that I say that it was it was such a huge responsibility to be given that brief, which was essentially to help keep people safe and protected by convincing them to adhere to to those COVID guidelines and restrictions that were in place, but but that people had become frustrated by, I guess, at that point in time. So if you think if you think back to November last year. Um, and the way that we approached that challenge and the way that we worked on it, it, it was us at our very best. We we collaborated really well with the clients. Um, I mean I, I always I always like to try to encourage people to to um, you know I, I always think that the time that a client spends with Drummond Central should be their high, the highlight of their week. The time, the interactions that they have with us should be the most inspiring um, and, and hopefully most enjoyable part of their working week. Um, but we had to very quickly establish those relationships with a with a, a client team who had never worked with each other before. It was a new entity. This this collection of seven local authorities. So that was. You know, mobilizing that and establishing those those relationships and those processes was was a, was a, a challenge in itself. But then, once we'd shaped that scope of work with them, um, we we really delivered on it. You know, we we used proper research methods, both quant and qual, and worked really hard to understand the behaviors that needed to be changed in the first instance, and you know, trying to really figure out why people were struggling to stick to those rules that they knew. It wasn't that awareness was an issue; it was it was adherence. Um, so once we once we'd gone through that process, we were able to to write a really clear and focused strategy that the creative work developed from, and and that creative work was was distinct and it was powerful, and and ultimately it made a it made a really big impact. You know, it was at a time when the government were going out with quite authoritative comms and almost aggressive in tone our approach was to be more sensitive empathetic and, and positive actually so it was almost the complete opposite 
we used um, we used real people, you know, key workers um, from the region, others who were were vulnerable and, and were at most risk. Um, and we called it the thank you campaign. We 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 said thank. We used those people to thank people for social distancing and avoiding household mixing um, and wearing face coverings. And you know those the stories of those wonderful key workers and vulnerable individuals really reminded people why it was important to keep sticking to the rules at a time when all they wanted to do was go and give their mum a hug at Christmas. But that was the worst thing that they could have done. Um, so it was a really, it was a really big challenge. It was a really huge responsibility, and I, I mean, the the relief that everyone in the agency felt when we started to see the effectiveness data come through was was palpable. The first phase of work was, I mean, it was seen by about fifty percent of the whole region, which is huge, and we know from the effectiveness data that that nearly fifty percent of people who'd seen the campaign changed at least one of their behaviours as a direct result, and that that is. That is incredible, really, for a, a campaign to be able to affect that level of behaviour change. I mean, I, I don't think we'll ever know the the, the true impact or, or just how effective that, that campaign was. But I know that we um, and our agency partners and clients, we, we really believe that we helped to keep people safe and protected. And, and that ultimately, we saved lives. Uh, you know, it was it was just a great example of what what, what solid insight led strategy and powerful creativity can can do and, and what it's capable of achieving. Completely. And I, I wasn't sure what campaign you were going to choose, of course, there, but I'm so pleased you picked on that one because I think, you know, we've been talking as a creative industry up here in the Northeast for a long time about putting the, you know, the North on the map with creative. And, I, you know, I particularly feel so proud to be part of a region that has an agency that produced that work. You know, it has made such a difference in people's lives. And, you know, no matter how good, bad, indifferent people judge creative, what has to be judged is the results of that creative, how effective it has been. Um, and, you know, the proof was in the pudding with that particular campaign. So, um, yeah, really, you know, love love that you chose that one, Dan. Amazing work from you and the team there. Um, so just starting to talk, I guess, a little bit about you and um, what we talked about, touched on before, an MD's role being so much more than just managing people or managing a business. Um, you know, you play a huge part in people's lives or certainly, you know, their career. Um, and it's it's coaching, it's mentoring, it's um, sometimes it's a, you know, somebody's shoulder to cry on, somebody, you know, to put an arm around. Um, have you had any mentors who've helped shape your career or any really big Role models out there who who continue to no, inspire you. I mean, I've I've been really fortunate to have worked with some um, incredibly talented and wonderful people. Um, so, if I think back to my time at Harrison Troughton Wonderman, um, I ha- which is now Wonderman Thompson, uh, I had an amazing business director and account director, Madeline Reinhardt and Amy Chester. They they were probably the the people who were most influential in me actually becoming a, a, a decent client services person. Um, and, you know, they, they, they taught me that I couldn't just get by on, on charm and kind of wing it. And I actually had to really put the graft in um, and, and, you know, have all of those, those tools at my disposal and do kind of timing plans and contact reports and all of the, all of the boring admin stuff, which is really important to, to build a relationship and to, to build trust and confidence actually that the agencies can control. Um, so they, they were, they were pretty hard on me, but, 
at that in, in my early 20s i definitely needed it and that that continued i guess into into partners andrews aldridge with people like john gower who was my managing partner working on the, the vodafone account and visit wales um and and rebecca moody and katie nyman um you know they're all the, the people who i would say kind of showed me how to be a client services professional and then away from that there have been there have been some I've been I've been really lucky. I've worked with some incredible creative people. I mean, I've already spoken about Steve Harrison at HCW. He he was he gave me so much time as a as a relatively junior member of that agency. Um, helped me to understand the, the the role and importance of creativity, as did Steve Aldridge at Partners Andrews Aldridge. You know, it was they they were the ones that really got me to understand this is why we're here. This is how we can influence uh, our clients' business. And they they kind of showed me what my role could be in guiding and nurturing that creativity rather than just being, you know, an admin person who uh, carries bags or ships briefs or passes amends on. It's more it's more than that. Um, and you know, aside from that, I've always got a real kick out of working with strategists. You know, some some really some of the most intelligent, curious, inquisitive people who who. Who sometimes go, um, yeah, they're sometimes undervalued in the process, but they, they, they're they a huge part of actually defining the strategy. So, you know, I, I think about some of my first planners, Ben Parr at HW um, was great. Kate Waters at Partners Andrews Aldridge, who now ends up planning at ITV. Um, and, and I guess, you know, the, the, the IPA community, the Institute of Practitioners of Advertising has been, has been really good for me because there's there's such a there's such a, uh, a welcoming community of people. So I, I know, I mean, now that I'm, I'm an elected member of the council, and before that I was city head for the northeast, I, I know that I can pick the phone up to a, a number of people in loads of different agencies across the across the country, and just chat through an idea or an issue. Because you know there are times when, as an MD, you 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 don't necessarily it's not necessarily appropriate to ask colleagues what they think. Sometimes you actually do need to be the one that has the uh, that makes the decision and that has the the answer. And and if you don't have that answer, which does sometimes happen, believe it or not, it's important that you have people to go to. So so the IPA is a really great um, it's a great community of people for me, and and obviously closer to home, Julie and Steve Drummond. I mean, Julie will will always be a mentor to me. She's She's really helped me to grow into the MD role over the last three years. And she's just always there for me if ever there's something I'm not sure about. Um, just because you're the MD, you, you know, you don't always have to know the answer. And I think the last 18 months has proved that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's great. I think, it, you know, it shows the importance of, um, you know, mentorship and having that person that you can go to. But also, and, you know, something I learned, have learned along along my way is, you know, we're just human. We might be the managing director of a business, but, you know, we don't have all the answers. We make mistakes like everybody else. Um, and having somebody who can help and guide you and support you and challenge you um, is, is just as important, if not more so in those, in, you know, those more senior roles. So, Dan, you're an active member of the IPA and have been for some time, I gather. Um, what have you learned being part of that organisation? And I guess, have memberships in general played a big part in your continuous learning over the years? No, no is the no is the short answer until the IPA. 
to be honest. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of the CPD that that I got a lot of benefit from in the early early on in my career was actually through kind of in-house training. So at Harrison Trot and Wonderman, there was a, a really excellent training program for people coming into the agency and who were also maybe slightly uh, more, more new to the new to the industry. They did some great sessions, and I got a lot out of that. Different training courses, but um, it was it was really the membership to the IPA. Uh, which Drummond Central has been a member for uh, goodness knows how long, way before I joined. That was my first uh, foray into membership, and and really, someone put me forward to be the um, the, the Northeast City Head, um, which is an initiative uh, the IPA has to encourage regional uh, regional people from regional agencies, I guess, to have a seat at the table. I mean, our industry is incredibly London centric. Um, most of the most of the agencies in in uh, in the UK are, are are centered in London or have a presence in London. Most of the advertising spend is spent in London. Lots of clients think that they have to go to a London agency uh, to get great work. So, but but as we as we know, that's just not true. That's not that's not the case. I mean, actually, one uh, someone told me when I left London that I was committing career suicide and that I was going to be doing black and white double glazing ads for the rest of my life. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's just not true, is it? Um, so the city head initiative was really, was really interesting to me because I, I wanted to kind of, a lot of good thinking does happen in London and does come from London. And there's a lot of good content pre COVID particularly that you would only be able to access if you were in London. Um, so for for that reason um it it was a great it was a great thing for them to be expanding it out um i guess i guess the the things that we take from the ipa as a business and as a as an individual are slightly different i mean cpd is a huge part of drum and central we're all big believers that um being a trained and skilled professional will will help you to produce better work. It'll help you to advance in your career. And the IPA have excellent resources when it comes to that, excellent qualifications, um, excellent um, seminars and events and conferences, excellent reports, access to um, insights and tools and Thing, things that as a as a small independent agency you might you might not have at your disposal the ipa can can really help out with that um and even you know even though we're a, an agency of nearly 50 people we, we get huge value from those kind of things so if we've got a pitch on for example we can approach the ipa insight team and ask them uh for any relevant reports or a little bit of insight or data that they can get on a particular sector that we might not be familiar with uh it can be they give us help with things like legal advice because, again, you know, we don't have an in-house legal counsel. We've got 40-odd people who are just focusing on doing the work, right? Um, so if a legal issue comes up, it, it's, it's out of our skill set, but they've got some really great people who we can, who we can call on. Um, so CPD, knowledge, insight, conferences, they're, they're the things that I think are, are really obvious. Um, but the... The thing that I've really taken from it, as I, as I think I mentioned before, is that th- there's a real community within the IPA. You know, it's it's um, it, it's really the members of the IPA that make it what it is. All of the thinking comes from the members, from the the, the agencies that are a part of it. The council, the IPA council, is made up of 
members who are practitioners like like myself, um, the agenda that's set by the IPA, you know, the things that we we want to, um, the things that we believe in, the things that we, uh, the things that we want to address, uh, whether that's diversity and inclusivity, or whether that's um, a gender pay gap, or whether I mean there are so many of them, but all of, all of those issues are, they come from members, um, and on top of that, you know, you can pick the phone up to these people. I mean, I think quite often we 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 we, we think of our businesses as um, you know we're in competition with other agencies, right? We're we're directly put, pitched against them in pitches. Um, it, it's you either win or you lose, and and yet there's a huge amount of shared experiences. There's 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 knowledge that that actually when you start talking to to your peers, you get to a really good place because they they've gone through the same kind of things that you've gone through. They've they've maybe um, experienced what you've you're going through right now. They might have gone through that two years ago, or you might have got some experience in something that they're facing. Um, so actually, there's there's a lot of common uh well there's a lot of there's a lot of goodwill within the IPA there's a lot of friendly people who are really trying to improve the industry and they want agencies to succeed so there's 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 no tension there's no kind of animosity there's no um there's no kind of fiercely guarded secrets when when you're actually talking to to these people it's it's quite an open forum um yeah and that's uh, that's that's so valuable, isn't it? It's interesting because when I when I uh, started out in marketing, unlike you, I was always up here in the northeast um, and went from kind of different agencies in the northeast. And you know, some twenty years ago, the landscape of this industry was really quite catty it was very competitive um you know there was lots of putting other agencies down certainly no knowledge share or going to the pub for a beer with you know a a, you know a competing agency it just didn't happen um and i guess i i and i think a good group of us worked really hard when we first launched unwritten and and, you know other agencies started to move um, and the newer agencies started to kind of you know appear that there was this much more collaborative approach to one we're all doing great things for the region and retain and talent up here is so important for us um two you know we've got to get the north on the map you know for excellent creative skills and and marketing and three it's just so good to be able to go and sit and talk to one of your peers who are in the same position as you facing those similar challenges and you know it's invaluable there is enough work for everybody to not have that kind of competing um feel and I, I think over the last 10 years in the northeast i don't i don't know if you agree but i feel like that has really started to make leaps forward in terms of agencies collaborating and supporting each other and sharing knowledge yeah i, I couldn't agree more actually i mean when when we moved to, to the northeast um we were we were quite surprised it, it was a it was obviously a smaller market than we were used to there were fewer agencies but but you're right there was there was a lot of division there were there was um you know there were some really strongly held opinions and this agency didn't get on with this agency and and you wouldn't necessarily um meet or talk to people from 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 the industry other than the people that you worked with within in, in your agency and and that's that's bullshit right i mean the the thing that the thing that we should all particularly in a in a region like newcastle which isn't known as being you don't go to newcastle to get great creative or great marketing you you just don't you go to london or you go to manchester or you go to edinburgh or you go to birmingham or you go to leeds you go to all of those places before 
before you happen to find Newcastle. And that's what we should be trying to change because there's some amazingly talented people up here doing doing great work. There are some incredible businesses and hugely ambitious brands that that actually should be working working with each other. And we can only get there. You know, we can't get there just by indip- individual agencies doing doing their own thing. Um, it, it it it'll happen much quicker if there's collaboration and you know better agencies up here is good for Drummond Central. That's the way that I look at it. It's not it's not that we'll end up competing or that we'll lose out on on business. I think that's a very short-sighted, narrow-minded way of looking at it. I think if we have a thriving agency sector up here, that can only be a good thing. Um, it'll lead to better talent, which we'll all benefit from. It'll lead to more work happening in the Northeast rather than uh, rather than rather than moving out of the region and it'll attract more work into the region as well it'll make it'll make the fact that we are in the northeast almost irrelevant rather than a thing that you have to address when you're talking to a client for the first time this podcast is brought to you by fabric a training academy that empowers the most ambitious marketers to thrive You're already a marketer or you want to get into marketing. You have ambition like no other and are driven to be the best at what you do. So how can you make sure you make a big impact wherever you go? Well, we're here to share over 20 years of experience in industry insights in just 12 weeks. By the end of our program, you'll know how to build a marketing strategy that delivers big time business impact. Show how valuable you are through effective reporting and help your organization smash targets and reach its goals. Get ready to be the change that propels organizations forward. Nail your next interview, review, or board meeting, and make yourself the marketer that every business wants. To find out more, visit fabric-academy.com. Um, just thinking about learning resources. So obviously the IPA one has been a you know amazing for you and for for Drummond as well. Um, any must-haves for marketers listening to this podcast who are in a marketing role and looking for some extra resources or wanting to do that extra bit of CPD? Anywhere you would signpost them? I mean, with my IPA hat on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would I would genuinely say that the IPA offers some some of the best training that I've ever I, I've ever um, experienced myself. Um, it, we 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 put our new recruits at Drummond Central through through those courses, and they are they are excellent because they're put together by practitioners, right? They're not they're not out of date. They're very relevant. They're very current, um, more so than than others that I've that I've experienced. Um, so I think that the the IPA qualifications and and seminars are, are absolutely fantastic. They're, they're a great resource, and you you can. You don't have to be a member to um, to to take advantage of them. You have to pay a little bit more than members do, but you can still you can still go on them. And I would I would thoroughly recommend those. Other than that, I mean, I, I as I've said previously, I'm a huge believer in um, reading, and and I would say read as much as you can, um, whether that's a report or whether that's a book. Uh, I mean, I always try to have I always try to have at least one one book on the go that's not a not a novel um I, I would recommend you know go going back in time and actually reading about when this thing started to get really interesting read ogilvy read about the dawn of account planning by 
you know, the likes of John Steele and Stephen King, not, not that Stephen King, Stephen King, the planner, um, you know, go back and actually learn what great advertising used to be and, and actually what it's, what it still is. Um, and, and then, you know, there are, there are some, there, there are just some really good books out there. I mean, off the off the top of my head, you've got Eat Your Greens by Vim Schneiders and, and with lots of contributions there. You've got How Not to Plan, which is an APG publication by Les Binet and Sarah Carter. You've got things like The Case for Creativity, which was which was an amazing book by James Herman, which um um which sets out the 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 commercial value that creativity can bring to a business in in a really beautiful way um the evidence essentially says that it's it's one of the biggest contributing factors to to effectiveness after size of brand so not not targeting not media it's actually creative and that book is a really important um thing to read because in in my view certainly when i speak to non-agency people um there's there's too much emphasis on the the plumbing or the mechanics or the engineering of you know how how do you get the thing in front of the audience and and that's important of course but it's really really important of what you actually say to them how you say it how you are this how what can you do to be distinct to make someone actually do something and that is creative um and i guess another another book that i would talk about as a as a as, a, as an account handler I'll be an account handler till I die. Was uh, the Art of Client Service by Robert Solomon? Um, great book, really, really great book. Quite old now, but those principles are still there. And then you know other stuff. I'd just just listen to podcasts. I mean, I'm I'm a complete advertising and marketing geek. I I love this kind of thing. So you know, I I I, I listen to Dave Die stuff from the Loft. You know, that's that's a really good one um, on strategy by a. a a really interesting chap called Fergus O'Carroll um, is always brilliant. I'm, I'm scribbling frantically as uh, all, all these book recommendations. I love nothing more than a book recommendation. So there'll be a mad, <laughs> mad order going in. Now. Um, so just starting to talk, I guess, about your career progression, Dan, and I guess where you started to where, you know, where you are now, and that's holding, you know, a managing director's role of a, you know, a sizable creative agency. What has been the biggest adjustment that you've had to make moving into a managing director's role, and how did you prepare for that, or or did you not? <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if I prepared for it. Um, I, I I don't think I really appreciated how different it was going to be. Um, you you in this industry, I, I think, well, certainly in my experience, you know, you progress because you were good at the thing that you were doing. Um, so, you know, you get from, you go from an account exec to an account manager, you're, you're doing that job for a bit and then you become an account director and, and there's kind of a steady progression, but the things are always very, very similar. Whereas stepping into managing director away from head of client service was, was different because, you know, you, you, you're not able to fix everything yourself. You're not, you're not necessarily in the work. In fact, if you're, in the work it's probably a a bad sign actually um i mean we're 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 thankfully we're we're growing again we're we're an ambitious agency we've got some we've got some 
pretty big goals and targets. So it's impossible for me to be hands-on across every client and every brief or, or to be involved in the solution of every challenge or, or the thing that goes wrong. But but that's where my comfort zone is, right? As, a, as an account handler, um, one of the things that I know about myself is is that I'm a problem solver. I, I look to find the the solution or the answer to something as quickly as I can. Uh, whereas now that's that's not necessarily the right thing for me um, or, or my colleagues or for the agency, you know, as an MD of an agency with nearly 50 people, it, it, it shouldn't be about me. There should be other people who are actually doing that thing. Um, and there's a tension there because the, the work is, is what I'm actually good at. And it, it's probably why I got the opportunity to lead an agency in the, in, in the first instance, which, which is a huge responsibility. I mean, Look, this is this is Julie and Steve's business that they're trusting me with. It's 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 not something that I set up. I'm I'm more of a a, a custodian in that regard. It's my job to nurture, protect, and and and, and of course grow it. Um, but the MD role is different to to what came before, and, and being okay with that has has taken me some time. I think that I think that my team would probably say I'm not quite there yet, and. And they'd be they'd be right, you know. There's there's the adage of an excellent leader having a really clean desk, and let's just say that mine could do with a bit of a tidy still. But but I am I am getting there, and I, I, I think where where that comes from is that the the people around me at Drummond Central, and and I, I include the the leadership team that we have in place, but but everyone across the agency. It's, it's just they're just some of the most talented people I've ever had the pleasure and privilege of working with, and and on lots of things they're they're actually they're way better than I could ever be. So I I trust them now, and, and my role is now about creating the right culture, um, the, uh, the environment for them to be brilliant, and you know bringing opportunities for them to do their best work and to and and you know briefs and clients that that inspire them and and motivate them and 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 let them be their brilliant selves yeah it's interesting I think my team would say exactly the same thing and I think once you've been you know in client services and that's the thing that you love it's almost the most difficult thing to give up um you know when you step into that md's role because as you say you can't and rightly so shouldn't be involved in every single project but being at the center of it with each and every client is where you're kind of right in it isn't it's where the magic happens sometimes so i think stepping back from that is is really tricky i've definitely found that one of the hardest parts but you're absolutely right i mean i i definitely i definitely see the work i make sure that i i'm never going to be removed from the work as soon as that happens then i know it's time for me to shuffle off somewhere else and do something do something else i always want to uh, be involved in what we're doing and have an input interesting and talking about what might be coming in the future for you um i just wanted to i mean we talk so much particularly me about you know women and business juggling family life and um you know how tricky it can be but of course it is equally as tough for dads out there and you know for men in business of course and being an md of a you know a fast-growing agency is no mean feat as we both both know um, you have you know children at home how do you successfully manage to balance work and home life yeah I mean I I'm lucky um, be, because I I genuinely love what I do um, 
so th- this is a this is a passion of mine uh I, I like i've said before i love reading about this i i so so there's there's always a choice element for me because I, I i don't i almost don't see it as work but where where i won't compromise is 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 the kids is is spending time with the boys and and i think i've got i've got a lot better at that um o- over the last few years making sure that I get home so that I can see them and have dinner with them so that we can do bath time and that I read with them every night. Um, so that when they're, you know, they're, they're, they're into sport and, and Harrison's into, uh, into music and, and performance and stuff. And I'll, I'll always be at every single one of those events. Um, un- unless there's something physically wrong with me. Um, I, I won't compromise on that because, because it's really important that it gives me such joy um but it but it is tough right i mean it's um it's a stressful career it's uh, it's busy i'm again i'm really fortunate because my my wife was in the industry as well emma emma was um an account account director at um mccann and gray and and then robson brown up here so um she she knows what it's like and she's she's a huge support to me yeah yeah and I think that that you know that really does help when I think when your other half gets it um and and how fast-paced and ever-changing it can be but you you know absolutely you're so right and it's it's you know being able to put those those things that matter the most first and I think you know we're all working into a well moving hopefully into a slightly different world now where you know that balance of home and and work can be much more accessible um than ever before and I think the pandemic has really helped with that as well in a sense although we were all thrown into home learning which I think is fair to say was pretty hellish and we'd never want to repeat again um it does go to show that you actually can work from anywhere um at any time and it doesn't necessarily have to be nine to five base you can you know you can you you cut off to pick the kids up from school and you can go back to it at a night time and you know that flexibility and that yeah I guess that agile working is great if I, I'd, I'd agree with that I actually think it's better because I think trying to sometimes force everything that you you need to do in this industry into an eight-hour slot is it, it can be intense whereas whereas now I, I, I don't feel bad at all about taking the dog for a walk for a couple of hours in the middle of the day or or just kind of parking something for a while knowing that knowing that I'm going to come back to something later on going and picking the kids up dropping the kids off at school or or just hanging out and watching them play tennis or whatever it is I think you're so right it's given us it's given us the kick up the arse that we needed frankly to to just change the way that we do stuff and I, I don't think that I'm not saying that Drum and Central have got it right yet, by the way, but we're we're testing things out and we're and we're talking to talking to our people and trying to figure out well what is the right way of finding that balance between still being able to deliver great service and, and, and a great creative product to clients and 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 be responsive, but without having to be rigid anymore. And you know, we're really enjoying spending time with each other it's a big part of who we are as an agency i think it's where some of the some of the best work comes from um but equally we don't always have to be there right i mean i if if you've got head down work and if you've got to write something or if you want to concentrate and focus then actually it's probably better that you're not around 48 other people who are quite loud and quite 
quite uh, quite yeah. quite chaotic yeah no i definitely think there's a, a better balance coming and i think we're all testing the water a little bit but it's opened you know it's really kind of opened options up hasn't it so so just talking about i guess you dan and, and the years ahead um i guess what what are you most proud of so far and what's the big goal for the years ahead for you personally oh that's an interesting one um i'm proud of i'm proud of quite a few things actually at the moment i'm most proud of um of how we have handled the the last 18 months. Um, I I mean, look, anyone that tells you that they weren't terrified going through that pandemic is lying to you um, or or were running some kind of pharmaceutical company. Um, It was was awful. I mean, someone once told me that any, any good agency is only three phone calls away from being in serious trouble. And... I think we had five of those phone calls in two days. It was absolutely terrifying, and those those first few months were were really hard. Um, they were they were unnerving. Everyone was uncertain in the agency and our clients, and 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 that's just in the business. I mean, you know, that, that ignore that doesn't even touch on the human stuff that was happening outside of outside of Drummond Central, um, and and yet the the way that we came together uh, as as a business. Um, the way that we approach things with our clients, the way that we um, added, well, the way that we just, the, the, the way, the effort that we just put in to help our clients out strategically and creatively at a time when, frankly, none of us knew what the right approach was, um, was, was really great. And then underneath all of that, the stuff that people don't see is how we, how we looked after each other, how the, the team really rallied around each other, cared for each other. Um, you know, we, we went from all being together to, to all being apart within 24 hours. And we thought it was going to be for a couple of weeks and it was for months. And we didn't lose the spirit and we didn't lose the culture. That was something I was really worried about. So now that we're all kind of getting back together and I can see the recovery that's happening and I look at the work that we've produced in that period of time as well, I, I couldn't be prouder. I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that it, that we were able to do what we did. Um, I, I hope we never have to go through it again. Um, but, I, but I think it's shown, it's shown me and everybody else at Drummond Central that we're, we're really resilient um, and, and that we're, we're a hugely compassionate bunch of people that really give a shit about each other. Um, that, that was, that was the thing that was um, m- more important than anything, to be honest. Um, we've found that we're a really strong, stable business with, with some excellent clients who really value us um, and, and actually who, who really trust us to produce some, some great work. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I mean, I know that's a, that's a, that's quite a long way of, of saying what everyone's gone through is everyone's gone through the pandemic, right? Of course they have. But I am I am really proud of how the, the business and our people have come through it. I think I think the future the, the future um has only started to come into focus really. I think we've been that we've we we've been concentrating that much on um the here and now and dealing with things as as and when they happen, reacting. Um that we, we probably took our eye off the ball in terms of the future and goals and, and what we want to do. But um, the last couple of months, we've 
we've we've refocused we've started talking about that again and i i guess i mean we we're like i say we we're an ambitious agency you know it's it's baked into our dna we talk about being for the ambitious our, our own ambition is that we we become famous as being one of the most creative agencies in the uk um not not just not just one of the best agencies in the northeast not just one of the best agencies in the north i i want us to be um not just a dark horse on a on a pitch list or you know not just uh why don't we get those guys up in the northeast that we've never really heard of why don't we why don't we throw them i want that to not be the case i want us to be one of the agencies that really ambitious businesses want to talk to about helping their business to grow because they know of us because they know our work because they see what we're all about and they feel like we're we're the kind of agency that could really add, add value to them that that's a that's a punchy goal because quite frankly outside of the northeast our profile isn't particularly high um there are lots of incredibly um talented agencies really really good agencies out there i i think we belong in them you know i think we're 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 one of the the work that i see is as strong as i've ever uh, been a part of whether it was in london or, or or again up here um so so i want the fact that we're in the northeast to almost become completely irrelevant and it just be like a, oh oh right you're in you're in newcastle that's that's interesting rather than having to try to convince people that it's not an issue and that we'll still be able to service them does that does that make sense it, it does make sense and it's really it's you know it's really interesting and actually very very exciting for i think all of us up in the northeast in terms of you know raising the profile of the creative sector and the amazing work that we all do up here to you know to help not just this region and clients grow but kind of you know much further afield and and you know there's been so many downsides of the pandemic you know you've just talked through some of them there and and so many upsides but i also think making business more accessible right around the UK that has been one of the plus points as well and location for me I think is starting to feel really irrelevant now because you know you are able to do global business you know on a on a quick zoom call and the areas or the the issues with travel that used to be there seem to seem to be quite quickly disappear and so it sounds like you know there's a really exciting period ahead for Drummond um you know, kudos to you in terms of the pandemic side of things, because it's it's great to see the team come together. But, you know, it does come down to a really strong leadership as well. And, um, you know, I think sometimes through that that period, you make decisions not known if they're right or they're wrong, because you know, we've never lived through something like this before. But you've obviously done an amazing job, Dan. So but that that comes from that comes from a, a, a team of people, though. Right. I mean, we I, I'm really lucky that I'm I'm part of a board that has I'm, I'm one of four on the board and we we were meeting every day for the first few months every single day at nine o'clock we would have a a, a call and a check-in and because because none of us knew I mean look Steve and Julie they've built the business and it's phenomenal um and and Sharon our finance director you know we all have different things to bring to this piece but um but we'd never gone through this and we really needed each other we we really needed to have that time with each other every day to make sure that we were we were doing the things that the business needed us to be doing uh, and that we were doing the things that our people needed us to be doing as well and and of course clients yeah 
Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Dan. I've learned so much about you there. So I'm sure loads of our listeners will. And, you know, it's just great to share these type of stories um, for, you know, those who are looking to start a career in marketing or advertising or creative and just the many routes to, you know, success, I guess. Um, and that, you know, that's always different for different people, but, you know, a really inspirational story. So thanks for sharing it with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed this, please do share with your friends, your network, rate us and do subscribe so we can keep you updated with future episodes. Until then, take care.